Hello, my friends, and welcome to another moment, a Black History Moment with Bo. And I am so glad to be here with you today. And for all my friends that sent wishes out and good tidings out to my wife, I say thank you. She is home and she is well and she is getting better. And if you should happen to be a new listener, I say welcome. I hope you enjoy our program. And I guarantee you, if you stick around and you listen, you will learn something. Because I learn something every time I prepare myself to speak to you. Because this is our history. It's the things that they are trying to keep out of our schools as I speak because they do not want our history known. But we exist simply because our ancestors used their creativity to survive. And we are going to let the world know the things that they had to go through for me to sit here behind this mic. But you see, to be an African-American, they want us to not have a memory. Just think how it would have been today if they would have allowed us to keep our language, allowed us to keep our religion, allowed us to keep our names. And like our ancestors, we have been using our creativity to remain and to survive in their world. And today, as I crawl into the darkness, I'm going to tell you about a man that did fight. His name was Nate Turner. Nate Turner's rebellion historically is known as the Southampton Insurrection was a rebellion of enslaved Virginians that took place in Southampton County, Virginia. And this was in August of 1831. And it was led by Nate Turner. The rebels killed between 55 and 65 white people, making it the deadliest slave revolt in U.S. history. The rebellion was effectively suppressed within a few days at Belmont Plantation, on the morning of August 23rd, but Turner survived in hiding for more than 30 days. Now, if this was the deadliest slave revolt, why don't any of our people know anything about it? Why don't we know that white people were scared as hell after the rebellion, or that the militia and mobs killed as many as 120 enslaved people as well as free African-Americans in retaliation. And why did we not know that the Commonwealth of Virginia executed 56 enslaved people accused of participating in the rebellion, including Turner himself? And black people that did not participate were also persecuted. And because Turner was educated and was a preacher, Southern state legislature subsequently passed new laws prohibiting the education of enslaved people and free black people, 
restricting rights of assembly and other civil liberties for free black people and requiring white ministers to be present at all worship services. Fear, that's all it was, my friends. They were afraid that if we were educated and allowed to assemble, we would come up with ways to fight for our freedom. Nick Turner's rebellion is probably the most significant uprising in American history. And that is the reason that the laws were passed that we could not be educated. Nick Turner was born into slavery in Southampton County, a rural plantation with more black people than white. And they didn't know anything about his father, who was believed to have escaped from slavery when Turner was a child. And Benjamin Turner, the man that owned Nate and his family as slaves, called the infant Nate in his records. Even when grown, the slave was known simply as Nate. But after the rebellion, he was widely referred to as Nate Turner. And when Benjamin Turner died in 1810, his son Samuel inherited Nate. Turner learned how to read and write at a young age. He was identified as having natural intelligence and quickness of apprehension surpassed by few. He grew up deeply in religion was and was often seen fasting and praying or immersed in reading the stories of the Bible. He frequently had visions which he interpreted as messages from God, which influenced his life. He claimed he possessed the gift of prophecy and that he could interpret these divine revelations. When he was 21, he escaped from Samuel Turner, but returned a month later after becoming delirious from hunger and receiving a vision that told him to return to the surface of his earthly master. Turner married an enslaved woman by the name of Jerry, and they had three children. However, the family was separated after Samuel Turner died in 1823. Turner was sold to Thomas Moore, his wife and children to Giles Reese. Another black family separated. Turner often conducted religious services, preaching the Bible to his fellow slaves who dubbed him the prophet. In addition, blacks Turner gammered white followers as well, such as Eldridge T. Bradley, whom Turner was credited with having convinced to cease from his wickedness. By the spring of 1828, Turner was convinced that he was ordained for some great purpose in the hands of the Almighty. In 1813, Joseph Travis purchased Turner. Turner later recalled that he was a kind master who placed great confidence in him. Nate Turner viewed the eclipse in 1831, and he was certain that God wanted the revolt to commence. So he began communicating his plans to a small circle of trusted fellow slaves. 
all his initial recruits were other slaves from his neighborhood. These scattered men had to find ways to communicate their intentions without revealing the plot. Now, it's believed that one of the ways Turner summoned fellow conspirators in the woods was through the use of particular songs, and that songs may have tipped neighborhood members to movements. Turner trusted his wife with his most secret plans and papers. And following the uprising, Cherry was mentioned as having said that Nate was digesting a plan for the revolt for years. Now he waited for God's signal to slay enemies with their own weapons. He began preparations for an uprising against the slaveholders in Southampton County. Turner said, I communicated the great work laid out to do to four of whom I had the greatest confidence, fellow slaves, Henry, Hart, Nelson, and Sam. Beginning in February of 1831, Turner saw certain atmospheric conditions as a sign to begin preparations for a rebellion of slaves against their enslavers. And on February the 12th, 1831, a solar eclipse was visible in Virginia and much of the southeastern United States. He believed the eclipse to be a sign that it was time to revolt. Turner envisioned this as a black man's hand reaching over the sun. Now, Turner's original thought was to start the rebellion on Independence Day, July the 4th, 1831. But he had fallen ill and used the delay for additional planning with his co-conspirators. He began his rebellion on August the 21st. Now, when he started, he started with several trusted fellow slaves. But along the way, he enlisted more than 70 enslaved and free blacks, some of whom were on horseback. The rebels traveled from house to house, freeing enslaved people and killing many of the white people whom they had encountered. You see, this is the fear that most white people carried around with them daily. Muskets and firearms were too difficult to collect and would gather unwanted attention. So the rebels used knives, hatchets, and blunt instruments. The rebellion did not discriminate by age or sex, and the rebels killed white men, women, and children. Nate Turner confessed to killing only one person, Margaret Whitehead, whom he killed with a blow from a fence post. Now, some people claim that Turner and his group were ordered to kill all white people. But Turner declared that his discriminate slaughter was not their intention after they attained a foothold and was resorted to in the first instance to strike terror and alarm. Now, they spared a few homes because Turner believed the poor white inhabitants thought no better of themselves than they did of Negroes. The rebels also avoided the Giles Reese plantation, even though it was en route 
likely because Turner wanted to keep his wife and children safe. And they killed approximately 60 people before they were defeated by the state militia. The infantry defeated the insurrection with twice the manpower of the rebels, reinforced by three companies of artillery. They bought out the big guns. Turner himself thought the revolutionary violence would awaken the attitudes of whites to the reality of the inherent brutality in slaveholding. And he wanted to spread terror and alarm amongst whites. And it did. And it also caused us to not be able to learn to read and write. In Southampton County, blacks who were suspected of participation in the rebellion were beheaded by the militia and their severed heads were mounted on poles and placed at crossroads as a form of intimidation. A local road, now Virginia State Route 658, was called Blackhead Signpost Road. Rumors started that the slave revolt was not limited to Southampton County and had spread as far south as Alabama. There was a report in North Carolina that armies of enslaved people were seen on highways and that they had burned and massacred the white inhabitants of Wilmington, North Carolina, and were marching on the state capitol. And this fear and alarm led the whites to attacking blacks throughout the South without a cause. White violence against blacks continued for two weeks after the rebellion, slaughtering many blacks without trial and under circumstances of great barbarity. For two weeks after the rebellion, and it took General Epps to order the troops and white citizens to stop killing. Reverend G.W. Powell wrote in a letter to the New York Evening Post that many Negroes are killed every day, and the exact number will never be known. Many historians say that mobs killed as many as 120 black people, most of whom were not even involved with the rebellion. Now, Turner eluded capture for six weeks, but he remained in Southampton County. In their search for Turner, the authorities turned to his wife, Jerry. After his slave rebellion, she was beaten and tortured in an attempt to get her to reveal his plans and whereabouts. And some papers were given up by his wife, under the lash. You know what that means, my friends. She was tied to a tree and whipped until she gave up information. On October the 30th, a farmer named Benjamin Phillips discovered Turner hiding in a depression in the earth created by a large fallen tree covered with fence post rails. And this was referred to locally as Nate Turner's Cave, although it was not a natural cave. And on October the 31st, Turner arrived at the prison in Jerusalem. Now, in the aftermath of the rebellion, 
Dozens of suspected rebels were tried in courts called specifically to hear the cases against the enslaved people. Turner was tried on November the 5th, 1831, for conspiring to rebel and making insurrections, and was convicted and sentenced to death. Asked if he regretted what he had done, he responded, Was Christ not crucified? Turner was hanged on November 11, 1831, in the county seat of Jerusalem, Virginia, now Cortland. According to some sources, he was beheaded as an example to frighten other would-be rebels. Most of the trials of Turner's alleged conspirators took place in Southampton County, but some were held in neighboring Sussex County or other nearby counties. During the trial, most enslaved people were found guilty. Only 15 were acquitted. On the 30 convicted, 18 were hanged, while 12 were sold out of state. Some of the free blacks tried for participation in the insurrection. One was hanged while the others were acquitted. After his execution, Turner's body was dissected and flayed, with his skin being used to make sovereign purses. In October 1897, Virginia newspapers ran a story about Nate Turner's skeleton being used as a medical specimen by Dr. Stevenson's of Tona, Virginia. Stevens acquired the skeleton from a son of Dr. S.B. Keller. Dr. Keller claimed to have paid Turner $10 for his body while he was in jail. After the execution, Teller had Turner's body scraped and hung as a medical specimen. Wow, my friends, I got to take a breath after, after learning that. Here's the killer. In 2002, a skull said to have been Turner's were given to Richard G. Hatcher, the former mayor of Gary, Indiana, for a collection of a civil rights museum he planned to build there. And in 2016, Hatcher returned the skull to two of Turner's descendants. And the descendants had temporarily given the Smithsonian Institution the skull where DNA testing will be done to determine whether it was authentic remains of Nate Turner. If the test renders positive results, the family plans to bury his remain next to his descendants. That, my friends, is the story of Nate Turner, an educated black man that started a revolt to try to help and free our people. Rest in peace, my brother, because we are going to let your story be told. A lot of people have probably heard of you, but a lot of people also have never heard to what they did to you. They say that some of Nate Turner's own people that he trusted snitched on him. And I say to that, the oppressor would not be so strong if he did not have accomplices among the oppressed. And I just know you got that. 
Like I know, you know that that music means that it is time for me to go. But before I go, I must tell you this. Be aware of people who are in your circle, but not in your corner. Have a good day, my friends. Until next time, it has been my honor. Peace to my ancestors and my elders. For I walk in your strength, legacy, and power today and every day.